Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Fightful Prediction Show with me, Stephanie Chase. And today I am joined by the great John Alba for the All In London Wembley Predictions Show. John, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing, sir? The great John Alba. I don't know about that, yeah. Stephanie. There's like, if you like throw my name in on Reddit, I don't know if great is the word that people would return, but. I do appreciate it. Greatly dressed, at least. I appreciate the blazer. (laughs) Well, you know I appreciate your sense of style as well. I always enjoy seeing you, and I never know what Stephanie's going to be bringing to the table. I'm glad to see your boots on the ground for All In. I'm excited to talk about the show with you. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about the show. I got to Wembley yesterday, um, last night, and I went to go check out the stadium in the nighttime, see what it looks like. They had some ads being projected above it. Some of it was selling football merch. Some of it was promoting EE, the phone company. Um, One was promoting Taylor Swift, that's a while away. But then I saw the actual AEW all in promotion banners like lit up outside Wembley and it looked so cool. And my gosh, I've never been to Wembley Stadium before despite living over here and It is absolutely spectacular. It's huge. And I think that when everyone sees it on TV, they're going to be really taken aback by what Wembley looks like and how big it is. I think that no one's going to expect that because we haven't really seen much, you know, 
footage or anything on TV to like let us know. So it's gonna look incredible. Do you have any like knowledge of Wembley, John, or are you there? Like, what is everyone talking about in the UK about Wembley? <laughs> no, no. I mean, listen, the original Wembley is a super historic venue. Obviously, yeah. it's not the same venue as that is built on the same site of it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, I mean, I've I'm such a live music fan, and so mm -hmm. many iconic performers and bands have played both Wembley stadiums, including the current one. I remember the first time I think I was exposed to the current Wembley was 2008. I want to say the Foo Fighters did a live DVD from there and just seeing how massive it was. And some of the members of Led Zeppelin played with them. And it is just grand, spectacular, yeah. open air. I mean, really open stadium that I think AEW is just going to be in such a fantastic position to mm -hmm. showcase its talent, to showcase its product, and from a visual presentation, create something very memorable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge music fan too. I'm especially an 80s music fan. So I've watched Live Aid uh, from Wembley like many, many times. And every time I see my mother um, and we get drunk at night, we watch bits of Queen performing at Live Aid. Literally every single time me and my mom were like five glasses deep going, this was amazing. Um, so it's just, just like, like I'm going to fall. And then you just go right <laughs> Queen. I got you. Okay. Got it. No, we love it. We love it. Okay. So it's just, it's wild that a wrestling show is going to take place there. And, you know, not just any wrestling show, all in the first AEW show ever in the UK, named after the first show that's not an AEW show, but the one that basically led to AEW. So it's so awesome. But we're going to predict who is going to come out of All In as the winners here. And you guys, you can get your predictions in too. Uh, and anything you want to tell us on the Super Chats, let us know. But John, we're going to start with the pre-show, the zero hour, because... This is like, I know sometimes people think they can skip the pre-show, but not this one because they are, they're doing some real matches here because we have Aussie Open, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions taking on MJF and Adam Cole, the main eventers of this show. Pretty unique decision to put these guys out there first before the main event. Not sure I would have done it, but they're going for it. Um, nice thing for MJF too, who is like in the first all in match, but yeah, what do you think of this? Who do you think's walking out the winner on the zero hour pre show, Aussie Open or MJF and Adam Cole? I don't think there's ever been a pre show match in the history of wrestling that has gotten as much advertisement and featuring, yeah, particular <laughs> pre show zero hour match has. I'm so happy to see Aussie Open being showcased in the stage. They just main evented Dynamite against the Hardys, iconic mm -hmm. tag team in their right. Getting that exposure, I think, was great to have some equity going into a match like this against Adam Cole and MJF. It is an interesting decision, and I did find it particularly interesting that Tony Khan on the media call this past week said he was so happy with how the story was going, and he was just so grateful that neither Adam Cole or MJF had been injured. And I'm saying to myself, well, if you put them in a hard-hitting pre-show match against a team like Austin Open, you're opening up Pandora's box for anything to go wrong. So hopefully everything goes fine. I wouldn't even have said that. That's putting that out in the universe. I know, right? If you're a believer in bad juju, that's some scary stuff. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with Adam Cole and MJF winning here, Stephanie. I think that they have set up a few story beats that will play into 
how this thing actually shakes out, the kangaroo yeah. kick, the double clothesline. I, they set up this kangaroo kick that 80,000 people are going to go nuts for, which is just absurd. Uh, but I'm curious what you think, because the way that I see this is, while I'm not necessarily in full agreement with the decision of putting this on the pre-show when you could have put it on TV, I do think there is an intriguing element of having a massive story beat for your overarching story happen early in the night. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's it. That is like the intrigue of it. For me, the intrigue is how is it going to go? I think one of these guys is going to turn on the other. And I'm not sure which one, you know, one of MJF and Adam Cole. Obviously, MJF feels like the obvious one because he he's always the heel. But then Adam, because he's obvious, that makes me think that Adam Cole could be the one. But he's just pretty much returned as a baby face. So that's really intriguing to me. Like for me, I think Aussie Open are going to win and something's going to happen between MJF and Adam Cole that then leads into the main event storyline. But, but let me push back on that real quick, Stephanie. So how would you do that? Because are you really going to go out there and beat one of your main eventers in the pre-show? We're not just talking about, I mean, I, We're talking about the biggest pay-per-view in the company history with the main eventers in the pre-show. So would you really beat one of them early in the night? I would. Well, no, I wouldn't because I wouldn't have done this match, but I think Tony <laughs> would. Or I think that they would do a non-finish or something, which is always bad. But then you are getting that big singles match at the end of the night. You know, I could see Adam Cole. There's the stuff with Roddy Strong. I could see him getting involved. I could see the kingdom getting involved. Um, you know, someone else to like set this up and maybe it be that this was like Adam's plan all along to like wear down MJF by doing this match and doing something to him. So yeah, I could see that happening. I, I really do think that that Aussie Open are going to win. And I do like, as much as I wouldn't have done this match, I am really happy for Aussie Open. I remember like be, I've worked with them and Rev Pro a lot and I remember talking to them and once when they were like, a little bit frustrated about how their career was going and not getting like breaks in America. And now here they are doing the show at Wembley and that's so cool. So that's such a great thing. So good for them. I think they're going to retain the titles and I think we're going to set up a main event storyline here with MJF and Cole. Interesting. I just don't see how you can beat one of them. And you said non-finish. I'm I don't know. I don't think a non-finish. A, that's not really something AEW does. Yeah. B, they've promised payoffs in this with how this story has been told. They've promised payoffs with the kangaroo kick and the double clothesline. And mm. I think the idea is these two have to go into the main event looking stronger than ever with each other. They need to look more locked in with one another going into that main event than showing dissension because then – that's where you have an opportunity to hit another beat after that. I think what you said about the kingdom is probably right, not necessarily in this match in particular, but maybe in the ensuing weeks of television. I don't think yeah. it's the end for MJF Adam Cole. I think it's kind of the beginning. I don't think it's the end for their rivalry. I just feel like I would love the man. This is maybe like my problem with like, the whole storyline in general. Like I would love the main event to be like two guys with some actual heat between them instead of two friends wrestling. So that's why I think I would like to see the friendship and in the pre-show um, to get a more heated main event out of them. 
Because I think like they're so over, but I think their friendship's over. I want them to actually be over as opponents, you know, for that moment. I get that, but I'll tell you, I think the story that they've told, to AEW's credit, has been one of the best stories they've ever done in, in AEW, quite frankly, uh, in terms of actual depth and hitting different moments in the story that propel it forward while adding layers and adding some context to the action we're seeing. You know, you'd get a great match, and then you'd get a segment. Then you'd get a promo. Then you'd get a vignette. Then we'd get another match. Then a promo. And we don't see that commitment to long-term storytelling super often from AEW, and I really appreciate that. Well, we are we're divided on this one, <laughs> one in on the zero hour. Uh, it is go- it's going to be an interesting one though. Um, I'm sticking with Aussie Open. You're going with MJF and Cole. Oh, yeah. Maybe next one will be a bit easier. Jack Perry <laughs> versus Hook, the FTW Championship. I mean, I think Hook has to win this, or Jack Perry's going to retire it. Um, I think it's as simple as that. It'll be a quick match, and it'll just be fun to see Hook out there. Uh, in front of a Wembley crowd, which is pretty incredible. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Hook retain, or regains the championship back from Jack yeah. Perry here. It has been interesting to see Jack Perry try to dive into some more nuanced stuff. I'm not sure all of it is hitting, but yeah, but we'll see. And and Hook, may, maybe Hook's the one who decides. No, we're, we're retiring this legacy. We're moving on, moving forward. Maybe that's the path that they go. But I think that Hulk ultimately does win this match. Yeah, me too. And let's get into the main show. We have, whoa, how many do we have on this? We've got nine main show matches, but it's AEW. They're always, it's always <laughs> a long card. I know, I know. I was thinking last night, like, please don't add any more. They did. They always add more. But let's start off with one of the biggest matches, in my opinion, on the show. FTR versus the Young Bucks. Um, for the Tag Team Championship. I think this one, for me, is really hard to call. And I think that where I've been kind of low on the build to some of these matches, for me, this is one that didn't really need much of a build because it's FTR and it's Young Bucks. They're the two best tag teams in the world, in my opinion. Um, And they have all that history. And this is a match that's absolutely, I think, worthy of Wembley. As for the winner... I think FTR are going to retain. Um, I really do. I think they're going to have that moment of retaining the titles at Wembley. How about you? Who are you going for in this one? I think FTR were 100% going to retain coming into this. Mm. I'm curious if the circumstances of the Cash Wheeler arrest have put AEW in a position where, because of the uncertainty surrounding it in the meantime, you have to pivot. I don't know. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. Regardless of how you feel about these charges, the reality is it is a legal situation. Mm-hmm. So how do they go about combating that? I'm not sure. I, my gut says they might play it a little safe and put a title switch onto the Young Bucks here uh, and just kind of get that situation settled. And listen, you can always revisit FTR and the Young Bucks if you want to. Nobody's going to be yeah. a about that and look if ftr retained i wouldn't be surprised either but my gut says there's going to be a switch here i'll make this prediction stephanie i think ftr and young bucks and i know people are saying oh there's a real bold prediction john i think ftr and the young bucks are going to put on one of the greatest tag team matches in wrestling history this week i really do believe we're going to look back at this match in front of eighty thousand fans 
and say they had one of the most memorable tag team matches ever. Yeah, I think um, they're going to be so motivated to do that. There are two tag teams that like believe they're the best, and this is the biggest stage they'll be on. So I do, I will agree with your prediction that this will be one of the greatest tag team matches we've seen. I think it's going to be awesome and could very well be the match of the night here. We then have for the women's championship a four-way match: Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker. Another one I think is pretty hard to call. Sheeta's only been champion for a couple of weeks. They hot shot at that belt onto her. I feel like they did that to do a title change. And I think that if they did that, that's so bad. You know, I like talked a lot about the booking of the women's division. I think this is just a pure example of it. It got tons of criticism. So they hot shot at a title, did some main events, put a lot of women in one match. And there you have it. Um, and that's what we're getting here. Uh, I think that I also think that Tony Storm would have been so great going in here as champion because she can say some really horrible things about uh, Britain to get people going. But they didn't do that. Um, I could see Tony winning it back here as like a, a heel taking the win that night. I do think there is going to be a title change. Um, I don't think. Britt's in a good position to take it just with how she's been used recently. I know Soraya's from here. I'm worried they might try and put it on her. And then I don't think that's the best thing for the division either. But I'm not sure like that's anything Tony takes into consideration when he books this division. I'm going to stick with Tony Storm. I think she's going to win it back here. Well, I think this is a total, I think this is a total hometown title change with Soraya winning this thing because I don't think they wanted to have Soraya beat Tony Storm for it, considering they're partners. So you did this, the short-term title change on Sheeta to get that away from her, and now Soraya comes and she wins the championship here in front of 80,000 people. And listen, I understand there are going to be people who are critical of that. There are going to be people who have looked at the women's division booking in recent times and say, where is the equity? And in all gonna, time, in the entire four yeah, years. Sure, in, in the entire four years, you could argue. There's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, well, I'm not sure Soraya is doing the work that I thought she was going to. That's a common criticism I read all the time on wrestling social media. But I don't think it can be stated properly enough how meaningful a moment like that would be for someone like Soraya. And I think with big shows like this, you have to create big moments. And her, after overcoming all the obstacles that she did, even if she's a heel right now, overcoming all the obstacles that she did and getting a moment like that in front of 80,000 people would be a pretty significant and memorable thing. And for that reason, Stephanie, I've got Soraya winning this. The sentimental favorite there. For me. And, and listen, and it is, and you can argue, well, she's a heel. Why do we need that? I think it is very important for AEW with this show. And I'm curious what you think about this. I think it's very important for AEW to make this show as memorable as possible for mm -hmm. everyone because there are going to be so many eyes on this show that don't typically watch AEW week to week that you have to give them a reason to come back. And when you create big moments, that's one way you do that. Yeah. No, this show definitely like has to be full of big moments. I'm not sure this particular one, but I think that, yeah, they are going to give us big moments. They are going to make sure it's memorable. I mean, 
they have to, you know, I, I've definitely been critical of the build. Um, and I hope on the night they do a lot of things that can maybe make up for that and make it super memorable as well. And I think that will be in Tony's mind. It should be in his mind at least. The next match we have is one that changed last night. We have Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve Strickland and Christian in a coffin match. This match, this <laughs> watching Dynamite last night, this this made me furious. Like furious what they did here. Um, so AR Fox out of the match. I understand if he wasn't able to be in the match anymore. But I just feel like the angle they did with him and Swerve beating up Nick Wayne was one of the best things they'd ever done. And this match on the Wembley show was one of the few like proper blood feud matches. And then last night they just kick AR Fox out of the match <laughs> and have the baby faces just accept him like nothing happened. The Christian stuff was great. I love Christian. I love his gimmick it really speaks to me and i love it so much so i have no complaints about christian being in it but what they did to the storyline they built up with swerve and nick wayne and ar fox was just like it, that was criminal i mean forget cash wheeler's legal troubles whoever wrote this should have legal troubles like it was just bad to take something an angle that good where you assault a guy that hard and like smash picture of his dad and everything and then yeah all fox is just it's all cool with darby i mean darby's the kindest goth i've ever seen i i'm not like that uh yeah so anyway who's gonna win though um I think Darby and Sting are going to win. I think that a feel-good moment is Sting yeah. winning at Wembley. I think it's going to look great. But, yeah, I, I was so high on this match before because of everything, and now it's just, like, infuriating. But I do love Sting, and I'm really glad he's getting a Wembley match um, teaming with Darby. But, yeah, last night was that just down I mean, how down. hard would it have been to just put AR Fox in a coffin last night, right? Yeah. Build the match, and all of a sudden he's out of it. And mm -hmm. then you have a replacement. You put throw Brian Cage in there. You throw someone else in there that makes this make sense. I did not understand at all kicking him out of the group. I understand yeah. logistics get in the way, and sometimes you have to change things. That happens. But kicking him out of the group, I'm totally in agreement with you on that one. It, it stinks. I did an interview for Fight with, uh, with Swerve yesterday morning before yeah. Dynamite. And we spent 10 minutes talking about how excited he was for AR Fox to get this moment at Wembley Stadium. And so that tells me, Stephanie, that they probably weren't even fully aware of what the situation was going to be until they got the TV yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've got Sting and Darby Allen winning. Tony Khan specifically on that media call said that he thinks this is going to be one of the most important chapters of Sting's career. And I don't think he's wrong. This is probably going to be the last major stadium show that Sting ever gets a chance to work. And he hasn't done a ton of them in his career. So yeah. this would be very memorable. I think the response Sting is going to get at Wembley Stadium is going to be out of this world. And I'm happy for him that he has that opportunity. And it's a bummer for Swerve, too, because Swerve really, I think, is one of the most well-rounded characters in all of AEW. Oh, absolutely. His work level's great. He really puts all he has and a lot of thought into his presentation. So, yeah, the convoluted nature of this definitely leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Well, at least we can agree on Darby and Sting winning here. And Darby, hopefully, sometime soon will climb something around Wembley because there's a lot of a lot of stuff around here for him to do some 
crazy uh, video packages on. But next, let's go to the Golden Leap, Kota Bushi, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page versus Kenoshi Kesha and Juice Robinson and Jay White. I think this one, another feel-good ending with the Golden Elite winning and having that moment in Wembley, you know, all elite wrestling and all that. And here we have the Golden Elite reunited for this show. Um, I do think Kenny should have been in a singles match. I'll never let that go, ever. Um, I think it's really disgraceful piece of business that he wasn't put in one. And I know Tony said that the first all-in was main evented by a trios match. Not with Kenny in it, Tony. Not with Kenny in it. Um, but I think it'd be a really good match. I'm a huge supporter of Jay White. He's been my favorite wrestler ever since he first debuted the Switchblade character. So I'm so glad I'm going to see him at Wembley. And uh, that's awesome. But yeah, I think the Golden Elite have got to win this one. What about you, John? Why do you think they've got to win it? Because... For the moment of that, you know, you know how I wasn't on board with your moment of Soraya. I am like feel like the elite, the golden elite. You know, Kenny and and Coda reunited, and Hangman, who was so much a part of the early story of AEW, like just the three of them standing in the ring at the end of this match and taking a bow. I think is a good moment for for AEW. You know, to use in video packages and stuff. Sure. I don't disagree with that, but my thinking is that this match is used as a leverage match for All Out, and it's going to build mm. to a singles match between Takeshita and Kenny at All Out the week after. Well, watch a lot of British fans switch off AW for life if Kenny gets a singles well, match in Chicago. I think, I think that's exactly what's going to happen, honestly. I think wow. he's going to get a singles match in Chicago. I think they're using this as an opportunity to get... Hangman on the show with Kenny and all that. And look, mm. I, I understand the alert. It blows my mind too that Kenny's not in a singles match, but there yeah. is a certain draw as well to Kenny, Coda, and Adam Hangman Page teaming together. There is definitely merit with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going with Bullet Club Gold and, and Takeshita here because I do think this is being used as a way to set up the all out match the following week, quite frankly. And whether we see Don Callis in this, I'm not sure, maybe. Get involved mm -hmm. with Kenny Omega. I'm sure that we'll see him involved with the Will Ospreay match. But I definitely feel like this is being used as a story beat rather than just a match in and of itself. And for that reason, I'm going to go with Bullet Club Gold winning this. But I wouldn't be surprised if they go for the nice feel-good moment either. Yeah. I think um, no matter who wins, I think that we probably do get Takeshita, Kenny, and Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. But... What can you do? It's going to be good, though. Yeah. Next, though, I don't know how they're going to work this. A stadium stampede match, I guess. And, and we can all stadium stampede now in the video game that came out today, right? Turns out to be the case, yeah. Yes. Uh, who would have thought? Nice little tie-in here. Uh, another match that changed last night, too. We've got different participants. So we have Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chuck Taylor, and Tread Beretta, and Penta. Versus John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, and Santana and Ortiz, who I hesitate to say in one because for two guys returning at the same time, they couldn't have looked more opposite and more like just not on the same page at all. But that's, you know, that's been the story of Santana and Ortiz for a while. Um, I am really glad to see them back, though. And I thought that that was an interesting addition. You know, they were doing the mystery partner thing with the um blackpool combat club and i'm glad that it wasn't a mystery you know up until the show because like they are heels and it's just 
you know, bringing our mystery partners yeah. for the field team yeah. doesn't seem right. Um, who do I think is going to win? I'm going to go for the Blackpool Combat Club on this. I think that they bring the violence at Stadium Stampede. I think it's going to be a wild match. Be cool to see Santana and Ortiz return and get a win. I have no idea how they're going to like film this, um, you know, when it's multi-person because that's something that they kind of usually struggle with. And now we're in a stadium, so I'm very intrigued to see what this looks like when you're in the stadium and whether we can see most of it. My expectation, <laughs> my expectation step is going to be that this is going to be essentially anarchy in the arena, but just yeah. under the name Stadium Stampede. So. It won't yeah. be Stadium Stampede in the traditional way that we've grown to know it in the last two years, where it's more cinematic. I think this is going to be much more in line with an anarchy in the arena match. And that's why uh, they're going to do this live, which, look, I, I think it's fine. I think that works well for the wheelhouse of AEW and all mm -hmm. the people in this. I think this is a great group of characters that are in this match together. Wouldn't hate to see the baby faces come out with a big win here, but I also recognize that the baby faces have had a lot of success in these sorts of matches. So yeah. getting, getting the BCC something here, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think we see Brian Danielson in any capacity here? Yeah, I think he comes out just to get a moment in front of the fans at Wembley. Like the fans want to see him. Uh, he, you know, I hate using the term deserves, but he, he does deserve something. And I think he will come out like just as kind of a nice moment, even though he is a heel, but it's Brian Danielson. And yeah, he was definitely, you know, meant to be a big part of the show. And unfortunately, like what happened is so unfortunate. So yeah, I could see him coming out just for a bit for the fans. Maybe do a spot that helps the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club. Win. That would be cool. Definitely. Yeah, I'm going to go with the heels, but I don't say that confidently. I think it's hard to pick a match like this, quite frankly, just yeah. because of all the factors. It really could go either way, and I don't think one side is hurt more than the other. I'd love to see a little equity thrown the best friend's way because I think they're week in, week out, some of the most consistent performers on mm -hmm. AEW TV. But there's always a little more of a story when Eddie Kingston has to overcome something. So if you yeah. set up something here, I think that will be a good avenue to move forward with as far as Eddie Kingston is concerned, and maybe Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, I could see Kingston doing something with Santana and Ortiz or, or Ortiz next. I think that would be good to set something up here. So moving on to um, a singles match, we have Will Ospreay with Don Callis versus Chris Jericho. Um, this one, it, I think it depends how generous Jericho feels. Um, I think Ospreay wins. Because it's the UK, and to like set Osprey up as a big star, I guess. I hope Osprey wins this one. This one just hasn't given me anything, you know, that will that triggers a thought in my mind of where they could go with it or what we should do. I just see it as like an older star taking on a younger star, and the younger star should win, especially if it's in their home country. But do you have any like wider thoughts on this match? How is it I'll tell you me. what, I think that this match is going to surprise people. I think Ooh. this match is going to be a lot better than a lot of people are expecting it to be. Because I think Will Ospreay, while everyone looks at him as this insane athlete that does all these flip stuff and stands out like that, I think what really, really works well with Will Ospreay is his intensity and his explosiveness. 
And I think that that's something that Chris Jericho, even at his age in this stage in the game, I think he can work with and work very well with that, especially if he's working from behind and working from under. I think that does play into the equation here. I think Will Ospreay should probably win, and Jericho has to reap some of the consequences of his initial decision in choosing Don Callis's side and seeing some more of that fallout from the JAS. So I'm going to go with Will, but I will say to the credit of this card, and I've said this a couple times already, Steph, this is one of those toss-up matches. I don't confidently yeah. say that by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely a toss-up match, yeah. It's, go- it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, Jericho's getting his big entrance and everything, I think. The least he could do is let Will win this one. Next, another singles match, and this is for the real world championship, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. This match for me, um, everyone knows CM Punk's my favorite wrestler slash person, so I'm very happy that he's on the Wembley show. Joe, to me, is like maybe his best rival. I'm excited for it. Wish they hadn't done it just a couple of months ago. Yeah. That would have been way better. I got to think this wasn't the plan for Punk initially. Um, and Punk has a lot of feuds going on over on Collision, but this is this is the one they gave the Wembley match to. But it's one of those ones where like I can't be too disappointed in it or any way because it is CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. But at the same time, I think I was expecting something different, you know, from his match at Wembley. I think Punk has to win because he's walking around with that spray painted belt and it would be pretty wild for him to lose here. So, yeah, I think this is one of the easier ones to predict. I think CM Punk's winning. I agree with you entirely. Punk with the real world championship. There's a story yeah. to be had there and has not been fleshed out just yet. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big credit to both guys, though. You know, those two built their famous rivalry in front of not a ton of fans. And now they're going to be able to have maybe their last match together in front of 80,000, which I think is just absolutely They've come amazing. a long way. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. CM Punk wins. Yeah. There's so many people on this card, really, that have, have come a long way to make it to Wembley and Punk and Joe is one of those one of those matches from where they started. We got another late edition. I think this was announced on Collision. Um, I think from reading the reports. But we do have a trios match. The House of oh, Black. This was on Dynamite. This was on Dynamite. Was this, was this on Dynamite? Okay. It must have been the bit where I might have dozed off and had to rewatch some so, of it. Well, I'll help you then, Steph. I'll help you set this up. So basically, the acclaimed were in the ring. They get attacked by the House of Black. Uh and no one's there to make the save and then all of a sudden here comes billy gunn billy gunn comes crowd is going nuts they're going absolutely nuts billy gunn grabs the mic he cuts a promo on the house of black and he says they're going to pay for this and he says unfortunately daddy ass can't be at all in in wembley stadium and the crowd starts to groan they say that's because there's a badass headed to wembley stadium instead and billy gunn is back so that's how we got the setup for this match and i thought this was again we're talking about moments right i thought this was a great moment and how Mm -hmm. they i mean the crowd went nuts for billy gunn getting this shot here what do you think about this one i think that they have had to put the acclaimed on this show you know i don't think they've done 
very well with their claims recently at all, but from being at live shows, um, especially pay-per-views, like they claimed are so over, they're literally over with a chant and you've got 80,000 people and you have to, you have to put them out in front of that crowd. And it's good that they did this little angle to bring back Billy Gunn. Um, I wonder what, you know, what's, what's he going to do to show us the difference between daddy ass and badass? I just wonder, is he going to paint his ass or something like when Jericho's pain maker and he paints his face? We're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see something very weird with Billy Gunn, but yeah, that's cool. I love the House of Black as well, um, and you know, I really think Julia Hart should have a Wembley moment. But they better bring enough foam scissors over to Wembley. Like AW don't usually bring merch enough merchandise, even when they're you know running shows in Chicago. So this one, like if they can get 80,000 foam fingers there, like they are going to sell them. Um, and it's going to be make for one heck of a visual. Um, I think that the acclaimed are going to win this one. Um, it'd be nice for them to have like a run with the trios championship. Now they've got their daddy ass back. And it'd be a nice moment as well with yeah. loads of people singing about scissoring. The mo most people to ever sing about scissoring at once, I think. And it was about a year ago, too, that the acclaim really took off with all the scissoring yeah. stuff. So I think it's perfect for this. I definitely agree with you. I think the acclaim, they're going to win here. Let's free up House of Black to do some other stuff, too. I don't think the trios division has been best utilized since no. House of Black won it. I don't blame House of Black for that. I think House of Black have mm -hmm. been some of the best parts of every TV program they're on, quite frankly. Yeah. But I just don't think they've had the right feuds for it. I think the trios belts are a really good belt to have some heels chasing too. Give me the acclaimed winning here. Hell, I'd go a step further. I'd go custom titles for the acclaimed. Give them some pink, pink purple, uh, scissored trios titles with yeah. Billy Gunn. And you really have to give a lot of credit too because one thing AEW does very well for the most part is using their legends in a way that enhances acts. And I think Billy Gunn has enhanced the acclaimed in quite a significant way so give them the moment give them the win i've got the acclaim taking it i could absolutely see some of the old belts with scissors across it i think that would look pretty sure. cool we've got one match left it's the main event mjf versus adam cole we touched on some mjf adam cole stuff before because of course they are in the zero r2 but this this match i find this one hard to call because there was a time when I thought MJF was keeping that belt like right through to the end of the year. And now I'm not so sure with some of the stuff they've been doing. But I just I can't I can't see leaving Wembley with Adam Cole being the champion. I think this one's really, really hard to call. I really do. And then it depends like who turns on who or if there even is a turn. I don't know. I'm trying to work it out in my brain. If I was to just like put on the spot to say, I would say MJF wins, but I don't have a like firm reasoning for why I think it should be him other than like, I would keep the belt on him for much longer than this. And I wouldn't put it on Adam Cole. So but... let me ask this. Would you keep MJF a baby face through all this? Oh no. I, I hate the idea of baby face MJF. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but you know, I've had to like, resign myself to like that's something he's gonna do like i've, I've just thought that mjf from the beginning is just one of 
the best heels we've had in a long time and any you know baby face turn or whatever i think it's just kind of a waste of like how great he is as a heel and how much people can actually like truly hate him but i mean that ship has sailed of you know keeping him heel that that sealed i was there when that sailed in in los angeles at the at the forum that was it that was that for mjf being a pure heel but yeah i'd keep i'd keep the belt on mjf and i would have him turn on adam cole but i'm not sure that they want to end this whole lot of thing too interesting see my gut says mjf walks away champion too i i can't really tell you how and, and yeah. i don't say it confidently but he, here's one thing that i will say i think max right now is really really in a special place as a baby face and it may not be for you personally but i think there are a lot of fans who are connecting with this they see the vulnerability that they've talked about and they've really emphasized that vulnerability yeah. as part of the story here which tells me that there could be a way in which adam cole takes advantage of MJF's vulnerability mm-hmm. in, in, in a really crappy, you know, dirtbag way. And I love Adam Cole, the babyface too. I really do. I think it's very authentically him. But with that said, there are so many opportunities to hit a story beat here where MJF took that big leap of faith for being vulnerable and was had it taken advantage of. And guess what? The thing about that stuff, that's a very real human thing that happens in society. Oftentimes, we are vulnerable with people we care about, or maybe even on a public forum, we're vulnerable. And then that that vulnerability is taken advantage of, and we feel like crap after that's happened. Yeah. That's a very real human thing that happens. And I think there's an opportunity to lean into that, where maybe Adam Cole is with the kingdom all along here, and he's pulling strings or that's utilized as a way to get us to a match after this where the kingdom win the ring of honor belts and then Adam Cole's the champion. I, there are a lot of possibilities. So my gut says MJF walks away. I can't even tell you why I think that, but I do think it would be intriguing to see a heel Adam Cole take advantage of a vulnerable babyface MJF. But and I, I yeah. want to hear your thoughts on this because you're a big punk girl. I also think there's so much money in doing Punk versus MJF, given everything that happened. I think there's so much money in Punk versus MJF. I think this story they told before is my favorite AW story. That I thought that was like the best work um, leading up to the doll collar match it was so good. So I'd love to see like a part two of that with MJF in a stronger position now that he's been champion. I think that would be really, really good. And I think. You know, Punk's out there saying he's the real world champion. I think that's just what Punk wants to do. I more think like that the MJF Cole storyline will continue. I think that's more likely than MJF pivoting to to Punk next. I have seen some people, you know, in the chat say, what if MJF is in cahoots with Roddy and the kingdom, which kind of reminds me of, you know, like when the pinnacle were formed, it turned out he was doing all that formation behind the backs of the inner circle, that kind of sneaky thing. And that would be one of those MJF things, you know, where you really do think that you're getting him being like this vulnerable, open, honest person. And then at the end, he's like, no, I was scum all along. And maybe that 
wouldn't be the right way to go because people are connecting to the vulnerable side, but it's not something I could see them not doing, you know, doing that kind of like swerve with MJF's character. I do think with Cole as well, he, he has just come back as a face. You know, we heard about the concussion stuff, which was all really real. He did that really bad Jericho feud as a face. So I think if he'd come back as a, I don't know if he hadn't just come back as a face, I wouldn't like switch him like this quickly. But I think it all, it, it all depends how they want to further this Adam Cole MJF story, because I think no matter what anyone thinks of it, it, it it's been really successful for them and it's been really long term. And I think it might be something that they didn't expect to go as well as they have. And they're and kind that's of. That's why you got to ride it. That's yeah. why you got to ride it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's MJF. You still think it's MJF? I still think it's Max. I can't tell you why. And maybe it's because there's more story to be built off of this. Yeah. And, and that's where it is. Yeah. And maybe there is. I saw someone in the chat said maybe there's a moment in this match where both of them go to turn on each other at mm -hmm. the same time, revealing their true colors. That I think it would be fun. I, I think that would definitely be fun because then you can be neutral about it. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, would, would, that would be pretty good if they both did it because they thought the other was going to do it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, something could happen in the pre show match. That isn't an intention, intentional turn, but just some like a mistake on one of their parts that makes the other like lose trust in them. And then I guess after that, you could you could tell a story of like, I trusted you, and then my, like my instincts told me that you weren't to be trusted, but you were to be trusted. And like, where do we go from and here? Like, the reason that I keep thinking this is more likely that Adam Cole's gonna turn. It was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Adam Cole that was the one that was like, we should go after the Ring of Honor tag titles, yeah. right? Yeah. So wouldn't it in theory make sense if this was a grand plan for him to want to get the Ring of Honor tag titles and then be able to pass those on to the kingdom eventually? And then he's yeah. the mastermind behind it all. He's the world champion. The kingdom have the tag titles. Just a thought that he could be the mastermind here, but I'm not sure that that turn happens at all in is my yeah. point. There's definitely more of this this story to be told, but that's one heck of a card, though. Eleven matches, we've gone through and predicted them all. Uh, I'm not sure we agreed on as many as we disagreed on, but it's definitely been fun talking them through and and hearing your thoughts. No doubt. On this show, John, how what's your thought on watching an AEW show in the afternoon? I love it. I love yeah. it. It's amazing because for us here in the U.S., you know when american football season rolls around and on the east coast you get those 1 p.m kickoff times and it's yeah. like perfect that's how you spend your day yeah it feels very similar to that with this pay-per-view kicking off around noon one o'clock i got my whole day here i can do stuff saturday night you know these shows are gonna go long i i, I assume you're going as media correct yeah so you're gonna be there until probably 1 2 a.m local time uh yeah what's up for that one <laughs> But um, mm -hmm. it, but it should be amazing. And I, I am envious that you get to experience that in person because for as important as all of the wrestlers are on this card, Stephanie, it is the ambiance in the audience that are going to be the main players in this show. And I think that is going to be what makes this one of the most memorable shows that we're ever going to see, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. I think that once people are watching the show and once they see Wembley, um, maybe some of the people like 
online that have been annoyed at any of us complaining about stuff will hopefully get why any complaints were there because i think a lot of people that have said stuff like oh this is just a filler before all out or this is your saudi show or anything like that once they actually see wembley will be like oh damn this is this is wrestlemania and then some like i think it's going to be awesome um it's so cool and i yeah i'm so glad that i'm going to be there i've been to a ton of shows in america but this one is going to be really really special yeah wembley does have a curfew i see um redmond survivor they're saying that um i think i think their curfew is 11 p.m i know he's saying 10 p.m but there is a cutoff for when this show can end but i don't think there's any cutoff for when they can end the scrum i don't know no there isn't and i i feel there will be an hour difference between when the show ends and the scrum starts and then you'll be there for two hours plus so have fun oh I, I'm trying to make it to an after party, so I really, really, really hope they don't, you know. I'll be so mad. I'll They'll be, be so out mad. of hors d'oeuvres by the time you get there. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for joining me. It's been really great to chat to you. You do so much stuff with Fight and tell everyone, like, plug your stuff so people Thanks. can watch you some more. Appreciate that. Well, you can find me on Fight as Steph said. Do a lot of work over there. I'm the host of The Extreme Life of Matt Harding with Matt Hardy, which drops every single Friday, extremehardy.com. And I'm the host of Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff as well, which uh, once I get off air here, I'm going to turn that episode around and we're going to get that thing dropped too. So be on the lookout for all that. Best of luck this weekend, Stephanie. I'm excited to see all your guys' work and coverage and it should be a lot of fun. Thank you. And you can go follow me on Twitter at Stephanie M. Chase and on Instagram too. Go check out my YouTube. Um, I just interviewed Rev Pro's Andy Quilden. He's putting on a great show on Saturday, the day before All In. So if you're in London, you want to see Will Ospreay and some more exciting stuff in like a smaller venue, come down to that. But yeah, thank you guys. Everyone enjoy All In. It's going to be amazing. And everyone um, really enjoy the show and Go out of your way to make it seem like the greatest thing because then hopefully we'll get more shows in the UK. And that's what we really want, you know, us, uh, us here in the UK that don't, we don't get that much, but this is really special. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.